Amen. Well, praise God. Well, good morning, everybody. We're so glad you're here with us at Grace Summit Church. And everybody say amen. amen. And if you will stand up with me, we'll just start real quick. And uh, I encouraged everybody last week uh, because we had to do a video. And um, uh, this week we have Miss Shanika with us. And uh, so just enter into worship. Uh, close your eyes if you need to to shut everybody off. And uh, just spend that moment with the Lord. Uh, who in here knows that a moment with him will change your life? It only takes one moment with God to change everything in your life. It doesn't take much, it just takes that moment. And so we always wanna give him that moment. So if you will bow your heads, we're just gonna open up with prayer and then jump right in. Father, we thank you today that your goodness and your mercy abounds to us in all things. We thank you, Father, that you are faithful that promised and therefore, Father, we come today to worship you. We come today to, to lift our hands, to lift our hearts and to lift you up and you said, Father, that if you would be lifted up, you would draw all men unto you. We know that that was not only a prophetic statement of your death, but also, I believe, a prophetic statement of the preaching of the gospel to this day. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity today to lift you up and see people drawn to you in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen. Now look at somebody and say, I believe, I believe. God, is good. God is good. God is good to me. Good. And if God's going to be good to anybody... It's going to be me because he loves me more than I know, more than I understand, more than I comprehend, and possibly more than you. Can I have an amen? amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap and let's go. Amen. Good morning, Grace Summit. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. That means that we are still alive. Amen. And that means that God has given us a second chance, amen? He is the God of a second chance. He wants us to get it right, amen? Hallelujah. How many of y'all love him today? Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. And so we're gonna usher in the Holy Spirit this morning, amen? Hallelujah. Come flood this place 
up to him this morning. Amen. Glory to God. My hallelujah belongs to you. My hallelujah belongs to you. My hallelujah belongs to you. Hallelujah. My hallelujah belongs to you. You deserve it. 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 
deserve it, yeah. You deserve it. My hallelujah belongs to you. My hallelujah, yeah. My hallelujah belongs to you. My hallelujah, yeah. Belongs My hallelujah, yeah. your hands together for a deserving God. Hallelujah.
Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Good morning, y'all. There is such a sweet spirit in this place today. And I'm just thankful, y'all, for life. I am thankful to God for my church, my church family, for the covering that is over us. I thank God for the ministry and the leadership that we have. I thank God for the, lead, the elders and the leaders in this church, y'all. I thank y'all for, I just thank God for the love that is in this place. We are multi-ethnic. We are diverse. We are a true representation of what heaven is, y'all. And my heart is so full right now. I'm just, I'm beside myself with joy. <laughs> I thank God for that wonderful word that was just spoken that came to us. Y'all, he loves us that much that he will speak directly to us. We don't need a rabbi. We don't need a priest. We don't need some middle person between us and God. He speaks directly to us. When we are still, when we trust his word, when we're in his word, when we're meditating on who he is to us, because I can't take your testimony and your walk and own that, but I can share with you what God has done for me to encourage you and what's going on. So I wanted to open prayer with this. Um, I'm a therapist licensed in the state of Georgia. And I have a lot of wounded souls that walk into my office who have lived in the religion of things. So they've had a lot of Pharisees and sad UCs that come into their life and share negative things. And so God has positioned me. I've allowed myself to be a vessel for him to shine his light for the truth of who he is. And a lot of people walk in feeling like God is a punitive God, that he doesn't have good things in store for them, um, and that everything bad, their outlook on life is very pessimistic, it's not optimistic. And so one thing that I share a lot with them is that God is not a tempter. The enemy is. He is going to find out what your weakness is and he is going to tap dance on that nerve until you give in. So I'm here to encourage everyone, believers, non-believers, members, non-members, people in person, people in line, hey, that God does not tempt you with evil. He is a good father. So today I'm reading from James 1, 13 through 15. And it says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. And he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. God sent Jesus so that we could be saved. Who would come to save a person to tempt them into death and damnation. That's backwards logic, theology. God is a good father. He says, then desire when it has con conceived gives birth to sin. And sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. 
So if God sent Jesus to save us from sin, that is the total, complete opposite of what his whole purpose was to come and die for us. So if there is any area in your life where the enemy is tempting you to believe that God does not mean good for you, we're rebuking it today in the name of Jesus. The enemy has no authority in our lives unless we give way to it. So we meditate on God's word and we armor up and stand on it because the Bible says in the evil day, we can resist him when we're armored up. So if you need prayer for anything, if there is sickness, illness, if there is mental anguish, uh, elders, please come down for prayer. If you have a family member who has gone astray or who has turned their back on God, it's never too late. God has the final say on everything. With any reports given from any physician, whose report are you going to believe? The created thing or the one that creates everything? So if you have need of prayer for anything, if the enemy is tempting you, not God, God is your redeemer, he's your healer, he's your restorer. He's the one that gives, that left his peace for you. And we have to activate that walking in faith. So if you have any need, please come forward as I lead us into prayer. Father God, we thank you, we love you, we glorify you and honor you, Lord God. We bless your holy name, Jesus. We thank you for thinking enough of us to be with us, Lord. We thank you for leaving your word that we can stand on in times of trouble when the enemy is coming to tempt us to have us with 1% doubt for what you've said in your word for us. Father God, I pray that we will walk forth in this world, out these doors today, into this whole nation, Lord God, and declare your word and to share the good news that you are a good father who has good plans, who want to prosper his people, and who has many mansions for us to come and live with you in eternity. And Father God, I pray that you give us an eternity mindset, Lord God, that we will allow the transgressions of this world, Lord God, the, the idiosyncrasies, the things that don't line up with your word, Lord, that they will roll off of our back and that we will continue to walk forth in the power and the presence and the promise that you've given us, that we declare healing in the name of Jesus. We declare restoration of things that have been lost for the enemy's attacks on our life. Father God, we pray for mental fortitude and strength, Lord God, for the Constitution to be able to apply your word to anything that doesn't line up with what your word has said we could have. And Lord God, we just glorify you today. We praise and honor you. We thank you for all things, in all things, and through all things. And we glorify you, Lord, from today until our last breath. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
To be where you are Across the hottest deserts I'll travel near or far For your glory I will do anything Just to see you as my King for your glory I will do anything just to see you to behold you as my King Lord if I find favor
for just a moment if you'd like to we're gonna continue to worship the Lord this morning what a powerful spirits here this morning amen we're gonna worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings in just a moment and if you're here in the sanctuary you can find an envelope in back one of the chairs and fill that out if you would and if you're watching online we encourage you to give as well they're going to be scrolling some things across the screen so that you will know how to give and to participate also if you're a first second third time guest i saw some new people here this morning please fill out what we call a connection card it should be in the seat uh, one of the seats in front of you if you'll fill that out and just give us some information about you then we can give us give you some information about us and stay connected so we would like to do that um you know everything that we do for the Lord should be from a pure heart, whatever it is, whether we're worshiping or praising or praying or giving, everything should be done through a pure heart. And when we do it through a pure heart, then we're bringing the right heart to the matter. Um, when it comes to our giving, you know, we should allow the Lord to instruct us on how to give and what to give really based on what he has given us and let him lead us in that. 2 Corinthians 8 and 12 says this, For if the willingness is there, in other words, if our heart is in it, if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. So whether we have $2 or $2 million or whatever in between that we bring to the Lord through tithes and offerings, He accepts it as long as our heart is right for him he accepts the gift and we please god with offerings from the heart so i want to encourage you to give from the heart this morning based on whatever the lord tells you to give father we just thank you for this time that we can come before you we thank you for this service we thank you that your presence is here we thank you that you we already know your presence is here and that your healing is here today there's no price we could ever pay for anything like that but we're not paying a price lord you paid the price what we're doing is just giving back freely for you gave freely and now we freely give so we want to bless you and we want to bring our tithes and offerings to you with a pure heart this morning most of all because we know as we do that you accept our gift and we thank you for it this day in jesus name we pray amen and you may bring you may bring your offerings up and put them in the basket now if you would Singing with this mic beside me here. Amen. And uh, 
All God's people cried with a voice and sadness at the sound of great tri tribulation. Amen. I, I, wish I, I wish I could sing that to, as well as I am in here. Wh whoever, who's ever sang in here so beautiful? You know what's beautiful. Amen. But somewhere between here and into the world, a change takes place. Amen. And um, some people, uh, yeah, but it didn't say we had to hear it. Can I have an amen? It gave you the permission to make it, but not the requirement for us to listen. Glory to God. Amen. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30. Let me turn a couple things. And uh, I've got a, a sermon slide, and I changed my computer, so my notes are totally weird today. And so it's a, a little different. I'm going to read two verses, um, or two passages, I should say. Another one is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I've used this one many times. Um, I just want to, I'm going to start with this verse, and then we're going to pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 30. Um, this is verse 13, which says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I have believed, therefore I spoke, we also believe, and therefore speak. Everybody say, the same spirit, same spirit. of faith. Now, who in here knows we have, as a Christian, a spirit of faith? And we should operate in that spirit of faith. Now, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30. While you turn there, I'm going to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you right now for the teacher of the church, the Holy Spirit, which is alive in us, which we've had a manifestation of his gifts today. We thank you, Father, for a continual manifestation every day in our life, that he is our teacher. He leads us and guides us into all truth. So, Father, I ask you right now that every heart be receptive, every eye seeing, every ear hearing, and every heart receptive to what you would say to us today, and that we would receive, Father, an incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed from the Word of God in Jesus' name. And everybody says? Amen. Amen. We have the same spirit of faith. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 30 is um, it's one of those what I consider a fun passage. It is a fun story. It's military in nature, which always gets my mind thinking. Always, I always enjoy this. Now, where's my, my slide? On the, on the computer thing, it's actually called six. It would not rename right. There we go. Rising above defeat. Amen. Now, who in here has ever been defeated? Say amen. amen. Who's ever taken a hit, a knock, a, uh, uh, you've had the wind knocked out of you? Every now and then with some people, I love to joke and somebody will make a comment and I'll just go, wait a minute, wait a minute, I gotta catch my breath, I gotta catch my breath. Um, we all have, everybody has. And who in here knows that if you aren't right now, you may get one later. Uh, my dad told me and taught me a long time ago, I was crying on the back steps. I had come home early from college. I was homesick, I'm crying. I mean, I'm just bawling. And he leaned his arm around me and just real fatherly, he said, son, you need to cheer up. And I'm crying, I said, what, daddy? He said, cause it could get worse. And I was like, well, daddy, that does not give me hope and inspiration. This is not what I need right now. And he started laughing. He said, no, but it's true. He said, and Jesus is still Lord, no matter what you're going through, and that changes everything. Can I have an amen? amen. So, but we all have. So I, I want to tell you, in fact, I got some statistics here. Um, just to, uh, who in here loves the success story? Uh, don't, don't you love those people who say, I just knew that if I went to Nashville, I would be a star. Have you ever talked to all the hundreds of millions that went and then didn't get to be a star? 
And what I think is funny is every now and then you'll find somebody who really didn't even want to be a star. But they were in the right place at the right time and they're a star. Who in here knows we put way too much emphasis on all that stuff. Uh, We love to point out when people fail. But... um, Where's my... 20% of all small businesses fail first year. 30% will fail in the second year. 50% by the fifth year. And they say by the 10th year, if you started a business today, 70% of all businesses started today would fail in, in 10 years. That's just part of it. Job loss. Who's ever lost a job? Who's ever been fired? I used to not could raise my hand on that, but I can now. And it was in ministry. It cracks me up. Anyway, 21.7 million people in the United States experienced a job loss within the last three years, which really isn't much. Who in here remembers 2008 and 2009, whenever the economy dropped out and there were people by the bucket loads who lost their job, lost their home, lost all their savings? Can I have an Amen. Divorce rates in America, 40 to 50%. Here's what's actually aggravating. It's actually a little higher in the church. The organization which says that we have the words of life and can preach and teach that Jesus is love, sadly, we have a higher divorce rate. Isn't that sobering? Thank y'all for that wealth of enthusiasm and excitement. I'm just glad for it. This is the last one. Karen will probably hit this one more with her. Mental health. Now, some things that we fight with, we we don't fight externally. It's an internal battle. And it's sad because sometimes we expect greatness out of somebody and yet they're they're hurting inside. Um, 7% of U.S. adults experience at least one major depressive episode in the past year. In other words, about 18 million people in our country every year have a major depressive episode. I read a story, who's ever heard of the uh, comedian Howie Mandel? It's just come out. And he was talking about he's got an OCD complex. He, if you ever notice, he doesn't touch anybody's hands. He uh, bumps, maybe. He, um, he's very um, quirky. And he made the statement, he said, the reason he does comedy, and he does it so much, and he'll preach all day long. He says is that when he gets quiet, he gets depressed. He said, as long as I'm in that moment, and everything's working in that moment, it keeps me direct, distracted. Now, who in here knows that that's what defeat does to people? It just keeps you in that loop that you can't win, you can't do better, that you aren't from the good enough stock. Who's ever, you know, I always thought it was funny when I started preaching, I had a preacher tell me one time, and he was a, he was a northerner, but he looked at me, and he says, nobody up north will ever enjoy you. He says, in fact, they'll never receive from your ministry. I said, why? He said, you talk too slow, which I don't. Can I have an amen? He goes, and he goes, you got a southern drawl. Nobody will ever pay attention to you up north. And what's funny is I got invited again to preach up north this week, last week, I should say. I have great time. But if I had believed him, I wouldn't have even tried. Now, who in here knows that a clock is right twice a day, whether it works or not? And he, he said some other things that were a blessing and a helpful. But you know what? You, you can't let that dictate. Now, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, we're talking about King David. Everybody say David. 
This is actually just David right here. He's not king yet. He's approximately 30 years old. Mid, 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 mid prime, you know, the high prime of life. He is in that marketing caliber that everybody wants, 18 to 35. He is in the prime of life. Let's have a little history about David before we read this passage. When he's about 16 to 18, he kills Goliath. They have sung that song, David has slain, uh, Saul has slain his thousands, David his tens of thousands. He serves Saul and does great. He has already been previously anointed to be king and then Saul's heart turns from him and he starts driving him away. So for somewhere between 12 to maybe 16, 17 years, depending upon what, what age you think he was, not 17, that's a little too much, probably about 16, 15 years, somewhere around there. Some people say that when Goliath happened that he could have been 15, 16, he could have been as high as 18, 19, 20. But around here, he's approximately 30. So 10, 15, 16 years, something like that, whatever it is. He has been on the run for a great majority of that from Saul. And King Saul has tried to kill him. He throws a spear at him one time. You know, he, he actually, uh, David actually sang for him and worshiped and, the, and the, the, the power of God would minister to Saul. And so now here's a guy. Now, now think about this guy. This guy is the epitome of the who's who who's supposed to succeed, anointed to be king. He's got to carry that around with him. And then he kills Goliath. And you know that his mom must be thinking, buddy, I am, I am on my way. And all of a sudden now the guy who you have served faithfully never tried to usurp authority. Now let's, let's have a moment here. Who in here knows you should never usurp authority? If God wants you in that position, he can get you in that position. Show up, do your work, be on time, be faithful, put in a good day. Do a little more than is required, which doesn't take much in 2023. Can I have an amen? And, and guess what? You'll be blessed. All three of my kids are blessed. I've tried to talk to them. Luke, bless his heart, works for Delta. God bless Delta. Can I have an amen? I hadn't used that flight pass thing one time yet. I need to go fly somewhere for free just because I can. Amen. And I, but he made a comment one day. I asked him, I said, something about work. He said, well, they stuck me with the old guys. I said, what's that mean? He says, you know, they're all like in their 50s. I was like, you could die right here. You know that, don't you? <laughs> he goes, you know what I mean? They've been there forever. He said, some of them have been there like 30. He goes, some of them started when they were my age. They're still there. And he, I said, well, why did they want you in there? He said, well, they told me I work. And he says, they're tired of putting up with the other people who don't work. I said, son, that's good. I said, you need to keep doing that. And listen to what they say. So David here's done all that's expected of him. He's done everything right that we can tell. And yet Saul is now chasing him all over the, the, the all over. So he has thought, so David finally makes a pact with the Philistines. And there's a king by the name of Achish, or Achish. And this king, he actually, uh, David actually is working like his bodyguard. So David's got about 600 men working as a bodyguard for the enemy of Israel. And he's doing it because he needs protection from Saul. And he's trying to show some what they call fealty to this king. I don't mean this wrong. That's a rock and a hard place. Because when we get to chapter 29, the Philistine, the Philistinian king, he decides he wants everybody who's working for him, we're going to go to war with Israel. And it's the war that kills Saul and Jonathan. 
And all of a sudden, he's got David riding with him. Now think of this. There's actually a passage in 29, and the king asked him basically, what are you gonna do when we ride? And he says, well, you'll know what I do. He really didn't answer the question. He had to have some trust and confidence that God was gonna be with him. Who in here knows that we need to believe that God is with us? Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I mean, we don't ever need to be afraid of any situation, anything. And who in here knows sometimes we all go through hard times and heart attacks. I mean, not heart attacks, hard, H-A-R-D, attacks, where Satan tries to attack us hard and we all take a hit. You know what we should do? We should, that, that's when we should lift our hands the quickest and say, Father, I praise you, I thank you. Not for the heart attack, not for the hard times, but that he's faithful. You know, I think I, there's some songs out there I don't like. You know, I'm just going to glory in the storm. I'm not going to glory in the storm. I'm going to fight it off. But I'm going to glory in him in the storm. The storm doesn't get the glory. Well, I don't know. You, but some people love to give the glory to the storm. It's just been so hard. And yet the Bible says that we should lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting what? Given the sacrifice of praise. Just, just worshiping God, thanking God. So David has to come to this. Well, about halfway on the way to go fight the Israelites, some of the other Philistine guys, they get mad and they realize you got six, 700, you, well, at least 601, 600 mighty men plus one David. So you got at least 601 people, Israelites riding with you. And we don't know what's gonna happen. So David had been camped at Ziklag, this little town, and whenever the Philistine king Achish rode off, he rode with him because he's his bodyguard. And while he's riding away, these other kings get all ticked off. They're like, well, your men could destroy us in the back. So the king, he sent him back to go to Ziklag. So when they get to Ziklag, this is verse one. So again, this is the guy, I'm just gonna say 14 years, 13, 14 years, all his life, anointed king. Kill the giant. God is with me. The 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. I do not lack. I shall not want. That's the guy who wrote this. All this time. Then he's chased. He is pursued. He has to go into an alliance with the king who's an enemy just to live. He's got two wives. Verse one, it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire, had taken the captive, the women who were there, I'm sorry, and those who were there, from small to great, they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city and there it was, burned with fire, their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Adoam, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed. I would be too here. For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. I'm sorry, I laugh at that every time. Did you notice it didn't say wives? Just throwing that out there. I don't mean anything by that. Can I have an amen? Nobody caught that joke either. Amen, okay. Evidently, they weren't sad about losing their wives, just the sons and the daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Now, we'll look at this a little bit different later. 
But this is not an easy moment. Can we agree with that? Everything that they love and hold dear has been ripped away. And as a king, or a future king, I should say, the leader, they want to kill him. Now, I've had hard times. I've never had people want to kill me that I know of. And I don't think I have. I've definitely not had to weep because my wife and my kids have all been taken hostage. But I want to say something. Nobody is exempt from that type of stress and pressure. All these men here are thinking, if you will, we're the only ones. That's one of the greatest lies Satan will ever tell you. You're the only one going through something like this. Nobody's ever gone through nothing like this. Nobody's ever had it this bad. You've got it worse than anybody else. I mean, I tell you right now, it's just so bad. You should never listen to that. That's one of the reasons why it is important to stay in community. Did you notice that one thing that David did? David and the men. Now, now in our culture today, men wouldn't cry. Now, some men cry. I cry. I don't care. If something uh, touches my heart, I'm going to cry. Can't help it. And I'm a bad crier, and y'all know it. I'm, I'm a <laughs> snotty crier. But David and them wept. But that culture was the men could be remorseful and weep. Now, I want to point out something here. Who in here wants to overcome defeat and setback? Say amen. And I'm not going to ask you to answer this, but you may be in the moment of what feels like a defeat or setback, and you need to get out of it. What you must do is do what Proverbs 13, 20 says, and that is to surround yourselves with like-minded people. Because it says, he who sits in the council of the wise shall be wise. You have to get your direction from the Lord, but you have to have a community that keeps you in requirement. I had a police officer tell me one time, he said he was going to serve a warrant. And as he goes to a warrant, there's some guy who was in a gang, and he, he used the phrase gangbanger. He said, this gang guy, I'm telling you right now, he said, I went to go serve it. And he said, I knocked on the door. He said, this was the nicest guy. He says, I know I'm late for my parole hearing. He says, I'm sorry. He says, I know it, I know it, I know it. But this is a gang guy. He's in a gang. He said, so he's walking down the apartment steps, gets up to the edge, and he's walking in front. Please don't. He's not even cuffed. He said, the, guy, the officer told me, he said, man, he said, this guy's just be, he said, this is, I'm like, this is going to be the easiest day. He said, that guy walks right past the corner and backs up and turns around. He goes, listen, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to have to fight you the whole way. He said, what? He says, my boys are right down the street. He says, they're going to see me, you taking me in. He says, I can't go in easy. He said, if I go in easy, I lose credibility. He says, so I'm going to have to fight you all the way. And he goes, I'm sorry, this is about to happen. He said, I still really didn't think this guy meant it. He said, my gosh, I had to pull a baton out and a flashlight and beat this guy in the head. He said, I had to physically, he said, this guy was about to kill me. He says, we're wrestling, I'm fighting. I finally wrestled him down. He says, I'm hitting him every way I can. He says, this guy's going after me like he's going to kill me. He says, I, I handcuff him, put him in the patrol car. He goes, I am sweating, I'm cut. He says, I'm, I'm, he goes, I'm filthy now, with dirt. He says, I get in the car, this guy who leans up to him, he says, like this. Man, I'm so sorry I had to do that. He goes, I apologize. I did not want to do that. He said, but I'm telling you, he goes, I couldn't let my boys see, me, see you take me easy. He says, you do realize you are now going to have more time to serve because you resisted and physically assaulted a police officer. He says, I don't care. He goes, I can't let them down. 
The community expectations that he lived in were so strong, he changed and even did not care if he went to jail. Now see, that is something that's missing in our society. Or we have misplaced community. David had men at least who had believed in him. Now they spoke of stoning him, but once he got the will of the Lord, you can find out later, they obeyed him. And they challenged each other. But he had to dictate certain things to them. If not, they would go to their own devices. We'll look at this later, here's the truth. He actually split up his forces at later. A bunch of them were tired, 200. So he said, y'all stay with the stuff, us 400 will go on and fight. And they did. When they all come back with the spoils of war, you know what the 400 said? We ain't giving them 200 nothing, they didn't fight. You know what David said, that's not right. He said, listen, he said the people who stayed and protected are just as responsible as the people who went and fought. Would you believe that is a military dictum to this day? If you fought in the Gulf War, World War II, and all you did was put air in a tire, you get the same ribbon that you served overseas. Is that right? Because we share. We share in the hardship. We share in the good ship. That's one reason it's so good to have people who challenge you in relationship. They'll cry with you, they'll laugh with you, and they'll also challenge you. It ain't that bad, like my dad. Don't worry, son, it could get worse. I picked at him for years with that statement. And he said something about it. I threw it back at him one time. In fact, the older I got, the older he got, the more I threw back at him his words. And he would look at me and he'd say, that sounds extremely familiar. I said, well, it ought to. It's what you used to fuss at me about. One time I was asking him to do something and he said something. I said, daddy, I want you to, well, I just, I said, daddy, can I tell you something? He goes, you know, I said, you ain't gonna do it. You ain't gonna do it. Why? Why would you say that? I said, because people do what they want to do. Isn't that what you told me? I said that you're gonna do exactly what you want to do and until you want to do it, you ain't gonna change. He goes, I really don't appreciate that because that sounds a little too familiar. I said, it's bad when your own preaching comes back to haunt you, isn't it? He said, yes, it is. You need to realize that in hard times, everybody deals with it. Everybody's there. In 2023, we use TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all the stuff. And some people have, I think it's funny. There's actually, you know, the influencers who love to show themselves on a jet. You ever seen those people? And they're 24 years old and they're, living, they're on a gigantic you know, Learjet. I actually saw one, you know what they have built because influencers want them? They used to have to rent the jet. Well, this one company just decided to make a mock-up of a jet. It looks exactly like the interior of a Learjet. But for a hundred bucks, you can sit in and take all the pictures you want. And they've got stuff outside the window so it looks like you're flying at 50,000 feet or you're on the runway. It's amazing how we try to do that. And yet, all of society, all of this world hurts and needs hope. Everybody is clamoring for it. Everybody is yelling for it. And we are the people who have the words of hope. But what did David do? We'll end with this. What did David do? David was greatly distressed or the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Now again, David was not stressed. 
he was greatly distressed. I'm going to throw this out for everyone here. Everybody can take more than you think you can. Everybody can do more than you think you can. Everybody can achieve more than you think you can. When I was 18 years old, 19, um, I've always told you, I've heard this if you've heard me preach, I always ran around with people who were older because my theory was why I hang around with people who were stupid as me. And so I always had these older friends. Well, one of my older friends was a friend of mine in high school, his dad, and he was a police officer. He was a detective at the time, eventually became police chief. Well, Charlie weighed, I mean, he had this small chest, small waist, huge. I mean, his arms were huge. He could bench about 450 to five and a quarter, depending upon where he was at his workout. Well, Chris could bench one and a quarter. Can I have an amen? Then I got, I was working out with Charlie, so I got to where I could push it up to two. I'm telling you, that two just got me. In my head, I couldn't do more than two. I'm sorry, 175 is 175. I couldn't get 170 more than that. And I was happy. I was starting to buff up. And I, and I didn't want to look. I looked at Charlie one time. I said, Trey, why are we working out like this? I said, I just want to look good. I said, I just want to sculpt and tone. You know, I just, I just want, nobody even had a six pack back then. Nobody knew what that was. I said, I just want to count. He goes, son, when I hit somebody, I want them to stop. I said, but you're a cop. I'm a youth pastor. And I'm not going to hit anybody. Shut up and pick up them weights. He's like my dad. I said, yes, sir. I picked him up. So one day we're in there working out. I can't hit 170. I can't hit 180, 185. And there's a Marine who's out from basic and he's there working out with us. It's a friend of Charlie's. And all of a sudden we get over there and uh, Charlie's all right. He had that big, deep voice, gruff. I give him huge, man. He's all right, Chris, get down here. He goes, you want, you want give me three reps. Well, I started adding up how much is on the machine, how much is on the bell. It's these, you know, dead weight things. I said, I started adding up. Now, these are perfect. This was actually at a, a high school. Since he was a policeman, he got free use access to the school. So <laughs> we got to use the school equipment. Can I have an amen? No gym membership for me. Praise the Lord. Okay. I just had to deal with Charlie. Hey, I got up there and I said, well, how much is it? He said, just shut up and push it. I said, how much? I said, he said, hush. I said, how much? He goes, pick it up. I said, yes, sir. I picked it up. I popped out three reps as quick as you please. I threw it back on the thing, 205. He looked at me. He said, your hangups in your head. He said, if you would quit thinking about what you're doing and just push it, he goes, you could do more. I never have forgotten that. Don't sit around and wallow in the distress. I guarantee you, let's throw the, 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 the picture back up. I guarantee you the moment you can either look at this picture, this little logo, either one or two ways. That is a king's chess piece with a giant bunch of little pieces around it. Which one are you? You ought to be the king's piece in that picture. Sadly, a lot of people will see themselves as the defeated piece. It all depends upon how you look at it. Because I'll tell you something right now, you can't whip somebody who won't quit. Now, ultimately, naturally, you can. But we ain't talking naturally. We're talking spiritually. And I'm just not going to quit. Satan don't have the right to make me quit. He don't have the power to make you quit. Don't quit. Just keep fighting. Well, Pastor Chris, I mean, you know, I've been fighting for so long. Well, just keep fighting. Do what David did. What did he do? It said he was greatly distressed, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Now, we'll look at that a little more next week. But you just have to spend time with God. 
You can't just be within yourself. Here's the problem with when we stay within ourselves and we don't have community, we fall back to who we are. We have nobody to challenge us. I heard a guy say years ago, and it's true. He said, he goes, let me know what you read and what you watch today. He says, I'll tell you where you're gonna be in five years. I liked that. I started paying attention to that. And some of my friends in high school, I started paying attention with them. And so, you know what? It's funny, none of them changed. You gotta be around people who wanna change to change. That's right, that's right. Have you ever wondered why those weight loss things, everybody has to have a meeting? Why do we have to have a meeting? Can we just not Zoom? Because I can eat popcorn when I Zoom, can I have an amen at the Weight Watchers meeting? Or why do the Alcoholics Anonymous? And I don't believe that everybody's an alcoholic all the time. I think you, there's Jesus has deliverance and everybody say amen and he can set you free. But thank God for what they do. But they have meetings. You know why? Because it keeps you in that community. See, as a community, we are not a defeated community. I think that's one thing that I've always enjoyed being raised around and amongst certain people who were outcast. I like outcast. Whether it's color, whether it's religion, I like it. You know why? They get some resiliency. They don't care what anybody thinks. I mean, when I was, when I was growing up, we didn't care if you called us holy rollers or Pentecostal or whatever. I had a friend one time, and we were talking to somebody, and they said, what kind of church is it? He, they were like, is it Methodist? No, Baptist? No, Presbyterian? No, this? No, that? No. She goes, what kind of church is it? He, he said, I just didn't know what else to say. He goes, you know, we're that kind of, yeah, kind of church. And she goes, oh, okay, that's all I need to know. But at least he, and I, and I thought later, I thought, man, I wouldn't have said nothing like that. I'd have been, I really would. I'd been wanting to try to be a little more intellectual. Well, he wasn't intellectual at all. God loved him, but he wasn't. But he loved Jesus. I tell you right now, don't believe that you can't rise above defeat. One great, great comment from Winston Churchill, he actually said, defeat is never final. And it's not. As long as you will not give up. I told this uh, just the other week on a Wednesday night, but when I was about 11, 12, me and my cousin, she had one of those boxes of candy. Remember those things? You had to sell for a dollar a bar. Now you sell it for a dollar in a bar and the candy's like this big. But it was a big box. It had 24 pieces in it. And so we were at my grandmother's house and it's a mill village, a little house, 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 house. Just all these houses. So Cindy, my cousin, asked if I'd go with her to sell this candy. Okay, I'm, what else do I have to do? Saturday morning at Granny's house, there ain't nothing to do. There was no internet, there was no cell phone, there was nothing but an old cheap organ that we could try to play. Uh, the old rugged crawl song that sounded like it was wheezing. Can I have an amen? So there was nothing to do. So I asked her, I said, okay, I'll go. So the first house we went to, we knock on the door. Hi there, my school is selling candy. Would you like to buy a piece? And this woman looks at me and she goes, no, honey, I can't. I have sugar. I'm 10 years old. I thought, well, if you've got sugar, why don't you want some more sugar? I didn't know she meant she had diabetes. Can I have an amen? I was so aggravated with that woman we left. It's only a dollar. Give it away. No, no, no. So we went down the one block, came back down the other block, just came home all defeated. I think we sold like one piece. We sit down at the kitchen table. What do kids all, we can't do it. We can't do it. There ain't no way to sell this. There ain't no way to do it. I mean, ain't nobody wanting to buy it. Everybody's got sugar, whatever that means. My grandmother's like, they got diabetes. They got, you know, they got problems with their insulin. Water, I still didn't understand it then. And so all of a sudden my dad said, well, why, why are you saying that? He said, you can sell it if you want to. Again, what one of my daddy-isms is, people do what you want to do. 
He said, you want to get out there and sell it? You can sell it. He said, you just don't have to give up. He said, just keep selling until you sell it all. He said, just keep knocking on doors. He said, you can do it. <sighs> oh, fount of wisdom you are. Can I have an amen? <laughs> was what I was thinking as a kid. Not really something like that, but just, you know. So me and, but we didn't have nothing else to do. So we went out and started knocking on doors. You know what we did? Before the end of the day, we sold all 24 pieces. And that wasn't us buying most of the pieces. Can I have an amen? That was legitimately doing it. We did not take quit. Jesus never wants you to take quit. The Bible says in Psalms that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver us out of them all. God wants you to, no matter where you're at, and here's something else I want to throw out. If you have been defeated or you have been attacked, don't be embarrassed by it. Everybody is. I was so embarrassed when my mom and dad got a divorce because I thought we were the perfect family. My God in heaven, did I not know? I, you know why I thought that? I did not know what dysfunction looked like. We were the poster people of dysfunction. And I remember crying. My mama told us they were about to get divorced. I said, Mama, I said, this, you know, I told her, I said, why bother? She goes, why? I said, well, ain't nobody else in our family has been ever been divorced. My mom rattled off two or three family members real quick. I said, well, they have been divorced. Well, I guess it ain't that bad. Can I have an amen? <laughs> Don't you ever walk in shame of some things like that? Some stuff you can't help. I've met people who've, I actually know family members who have died. I mean, people who've killed themselves because they lost their job or something. They didn't do anything wrong. They just got pushed out. Sometimes wickedly. We were talking earlier today in, in, in the Bible study um, from 945 to 1030. Right now we're studying the book of Revelation. We still have a couple of books if you want to come next week. And we were talking in there. And somebody was talking about how somebody kept wanting to get something and applied for something and tried to in the military and finally went to the Pentagon and found out the reason why they had not been allowed to do it was their CO just didn't like them. Never, never give in to that. You might say, well, Pastor Chris, today I'm greatly distressed. What do I have to be happy about? That Jesus loves you. And that he loves you so much, he died for you, and he wants to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. And no matter what you're going through, he loves you. And no matter if you've messed up again, he still loves you. And no matter how many times you mess up, he wants to help you. Why? Because he loves you. Well, Pastor Chris, I'm just under condemnation. I shouldn't have been doing this, and I bet this, and I bet that. Listen, don't worry about all that. I love my kids. Do you love your kids? Can I have an amen? You've been aggravated with your kids? Did you still love them? Did you help them when you didn't want to? Yes. Why? Because they were kids. I love them. Well, if you could do that for them, why don't you think Jesus can't do that for you? You say, Pastor Chris, I ain't got kids. You just need to thank God. Can I have an amen first of all? Because <laughs> you still got money. I'm just teasing. But don't ever be shocked. Isn't it a shame? Just as a throw out. Any person, any woman or man who's ever been raped physically always say they have fear of sharing that 
Is that right? And yet they didn't do anything about it. I mean, they didn't do anything wrong. Some even fought them off. And then if they didn't fight, they deal with guilt because well, maybe I should have done something. Isn't Satan just evil? Evil to do somebody like that. Do something wicked to you and then make you feel bad about it. And yet what does Jesus do? I've come that you might have life. And I'm gonna turn it around. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but hey, I will deliver you out of them all. So today you may be at a delivered moment. You may be on the edge of just, just happy because everything's great. Or you may be the person who feels like you're coming out and you've just come back to Ziklag and you have lost everything you have. Let me tell you something. Jesus is Lord over both camps. And if you keep him as Lord, it's easier to go from camp to camp. Bow your heads with me, if you will. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you right now for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. Father, if anybody right here is going through a, a time of sense of feeling in defeat, feeling whipped, tired, distressed, greatly distressed. Your father, maybe they feel like the only way they can make it is through some artificial means. Whether it's comedy for some or pills for another or something. Father, we ask you right now to help draw our attention to you. Draw all of our attention to you. Nobody looking around. If you'd say, Pastor Chris, that's me. I feel defeated. I feel like I am fighting and fighting and I don't see any change. Hold your hand up and I just want to pray for you. Anybody at all? Okay, okay. Amen. Now you put your hand down. If you'd say, Pastor Chris, I feel heavy hearted. I don't feel defeated but I feel like I'm missing it. I feel like something's not right. If that's you, hold your hand up very quickly. Okay, okay. You can put your hand down. Number of hands have gone up. If you'd say, Pastor Chris, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Or I've made Jesus the Lord of my life, but, but I'm not in good fellowship with him. I'm not where I should be with the Lord. I know that, I know that. I know that God is good. I know that God loves me but I'm not in relationship with him where I should be. Or you may be the other side and say, Pastor Chris, I don't know either anything of that. You may be online and say, I don't even know that Jesus loves me, but I wanna know. If you'd say, that's me. Now, if you're online, send us an email, but if you're in person, hold your hand up for either one of those. Okay. Now, I want you to do something if you will. I know some people can't because there's too much space, but grab the hand of the person beside you. Because again, we have community. We have encouragement. You might want to reach behind, reach ahead. And I want you to pray this with me. And if you're praying with it, and if you're with family member and don't want to do this, I get that. Sometimes it's hard to let family know what, what's going on. But if you raise your hand, I want you to squeeze that person's hand to let them know. And you can also squeeze it because you're letting them know too that you want to stand with them even if you didn't raise your hand. It's like the old song, it's me, it's me, it's me, a Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Everybody is always in need of Jesus. Everybody needs a savior all the time. Pray this with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now that you have not destined me 
you've not appointed me to be defeated in life, but to be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And Jesus is, I make now, proclaim again, will always proclaim, Jesus is Lord over my life. Because I believe he's raised from the dead and I confess Jesus is Lord. I will not live in the place of defeat. I will not give way of thought to only defeat. I might be attacked, I might be perplexed, I might even be burdened, but I am never defeated, I am never let down because your goodness is made known to me every day. Your grace is more than enough in Jesus' name. And I am more able to do anything because greater is you that is in me than anything in this world. In Jesus' name, I am somebody winning at everything in my life because Jesus is first, your word is second, and your peace is mine. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. amen. Now give me a good amen. amen. Now look at somebody and say, I believe that, amen? amen? I believe that. Now I don't care what you're going through. Here's another thing, at 57, I got turned 57 this week. At 57, not everything lasts forever. So again, what did daddy say? Cheer up, it could get worse. But what he was saying more than anything, it will change. And God is faithful. Can I have an amen? Well, a couple of encouragements of things of coming up in the next couple of weeks uh, to let you know about. Um, uh, one thing, let, let me do this as we do. This is our QR code. If you are a first, second, or third time guest, two things. You can use one of the connection cards in front. You can take a picture of this QR code if you're at home or in person and fill that out. We'd love to have some information so we can connect with you. If you are a first, second, third time guest, as soon as we're dismissed, I am gonna be outside. I'm gonna run, and yes, I can still do that. Can I have an amen? I'm gonna run out that door, and I'm going to, um, so if you're, we'd like to give you a gift and thank you for being with us. Um, but I wanna I want encourage you to do something with me. Uh, if, you, if you're a regular and stuff, uh, we're, um, thank, thank God for Shanika, thank God for videos. I, I like both. I, I don't even mind using the videos. I think Molly, Molly does a good job on video just like she does here. But we need God to send us somebody. So be praying about that for God to send us who he wants us to have as a worship leader that fits. And that fits. And I got what I believe in for my heart. And um, there's several things like that. And just, just pray for God to send that in, send other people in. And for, and for God's kingdom to be advanced. Can I have an amen? Okay, next, uh, so if, thank you for uh, doing that. Uh, again, we're doing a study on the book of Revelation. It is about revelation and end time prophecy. Uh, can be scary to some people. It's actually a great study. Uh, we started just today. If you wanna to come next week, you can. 9.45 to 10.30, it's a fun crowd. It's a raucous crowd. Uh, they, they talk and they start stuff and I have to end it. Can I have an amen? Okay, that's all there is to it. And it's a great crowd, it's a great, great time. Uh, the first Saturday of each month is our Women Encouraging Women. They will uh, be meeting, and I forget the actual date, but the first Saturday of May. I think that is the 6th. Is that right? Uh, off the top of my head. And so uh, it's going to be a great time. You do not want to miss that. And then lastly, we have our Wednesday night online at 730. And then we'll see you again next Sunday at 
11 o'clock, I'm about to say 10 o'clock, but 11 o'clock. Um, is, uh, just as a thought to, just to throw this out, uh, we may actually change our times back to 10. Um, praying about that, only because it makes it easier in the summertime to keep this whole place cooled. That one hour makes a big difference. And so hopefully that doesn't mess anybody up. I like 11, does everybody like 11? Way to go, Tony, just, just be out there, just, just be bold about it, okay. We'll start going 10 o'clock now. Tony hath spoken, can I have an amen? Stand up with me if you will. That was great, I loved that. My dad, I always tell someone, my dad, he went to a church that had two Sunday mornings. And he, um, they got rid of this early Sunday. They had a, this is right around uh, after 08 and 09, you know, in church and stuff and all kind of, it affected everybody. People had to move and they went back to one. My dad looked at me, they got rid of the eight o'clock. I said, well, they, they still got the 10 o'clock. I know they got 10 o'clock, but I like going to the eight. I said, Daddy, you just like to get in, get out, and get it over with, don't you? I said, you don't even have time for Jesus. I started picking on him. He said, no. He goes, I get up at four. Why? Can I have an amen? You're retired. Why? He goes, well, that's just what time I like to get up. I said, we'll sit around for four hours. I said, you know, something. He said, I sure miss that eight o'clock service. I said, yeah, you just liked it because you was at Waffle House about 10 a.m. Can I have an amen? He's like... Well, that was nice. Can I have an amen? I hit a nerve there. Can I have an amen? Praise God. Stretch forth your hands. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious and merciful unto you because you are not destined to defeat. You are not destined to live in Ziklag. You are destined to live a life like the king because you are his. In Jesus' name, you are dismissed. <laughs>